Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with David Jennings. In the last episode, we discussed a system for credibility and how David systematized his business. Today, we're going to discuss how to systematize our businesses. In today's episode, we will cover the following key takeaways. Number one, creating systems in our businesses can save us time, increase our profitability, increase the value of our businesses, make the business more efficient and help us scale. Number two, if we're having problems in our business, it likely means we don't have the right systems in place. Number three, we should keep our systems simple and only look to optimize after we have the foundation finished. Number four, to start systematizing our business, we can begin by creating our critical client flow, taking ourselves out of the equation and hiring the right people. You've talked a lot about uh, your business processes. And I'm wondering if you could share with us myths that people might have or misconceptions of implementing business processes. Yeah. When, when I think about business now, I, I think of it in terms of a collection of systems, like your, your business is just a collection of systems. And if you're having problems in your business, generally it means you haven't got the right system or process in place or, or captured. So if you don't have enough leads you probably don't have good lead generation systems. If you're having trouble converting people, you might not have a sales process. If you're getting those clients who constantly follow you up and say, where are you up to with this project? I need help with this. I need help with that. Oftentimes you might not have some sort of onboarding process where you're setting the expectations. Maybe if you're having cash flow issues, you don't have the right finance systems to be following up. So I think about business in terms of a collection of systems and you need to then think about the 80-20. It's like, how do you identify the 20% of the systems that drive the bulk of the result? Because where I think a lot of people go wrong with systemization um, is, and one of the biggest myths is people think they have to systemize like McDonald's. And they, you know, when, when you think about a systemized business, oftentimes McDonald's is the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people. But when you think about it, McDonald's has been systemizing for the past 60 years. So if you're looking at the output of what they've got today, um, they've had time to systemize every facet of their business and they've got detailed processes and these big thick manuals and they've got McDonald's University and, and people think, oh, that's a systemized business. But what you need to do is go back and think, how did McDonald's get started 60 years ago? And, you know, you, you hire a, a movie like The Founder, which is that Michael Keaton movie. And it tells the McDonald's yep. story. Early on in the movie, he goes out onto a basketball court with some chalk and they scratch out um, and chalk out the layout of a store. And they say, oh, should we put the fryer here next to the griller? Oh, where are we going to put the thick uh, shake machine? Where are we going to put the Sunday machine? All, all that sort of stuff. They go through that thinking and they're moving stuff around. And that's how systems and processes start. So one of the biggest myths is that you need to systemize like McDonald's when the truth is you systemize like McDonald's did 60 years ago, not like McDonald's today. There's other myths as well. The business owner thinks that they need to create the systems and the processes, but generally speaking, they're the worst person in the business to be doing it because they're, they're busy and they don't have time. So you, you have to think about um, how to make this a two-person job. Like that's one of the little things we talk about in systemology 
systemizing is a two-person job. You've got the knowledgeable worker, but then you've got some sort of documenter as well. And you record the knowledgeable worker doing their thing and then the documenter docu documents it. Um, this idea that you're going to need hundreds of systems when potentially 20, 15 systems when really well documented, if they're the right systems will be a game changer for a lot of business owners. Um, people often try and overcomplicate it. They think some software is going to be the magical solution for systemizing their business. Um, it's all of this baggage that someone has uh, and the business owner typically is not a systems person. So they, they avoid it. And what they don't understand is you, you can have a systemized business, even if you're not a systems person. Like I, I don't like writing systems and processes. That's not my thing. I don't get excited by doing bullet points and lengthy documents and things like that. But as a business owner, I fall in love with the result like I've seen businesses that are systemized versus those that aren't systemized and they're night and day difference. And it's, if you want to grow and scale beyond you and you want to remove the business owner, you have to get your systems and your processes dialed in because that's how you can say, this is how we do things here. And that's how you teach your team um, how to deliver to a certain standard and how to make sure that there's no person dependency. So that's, I mean, they're, they're just a few of the myths, but, um, and, and I'm sure a lot of people listening as well, like if you're honest with yourself, say when I think about business systems and processes, what comes up for you? Is that something that you go, Oh, they're so boring. I don't like them. I don't, you know, I, yeah, I tried to systemize once and it didn't work. So uh, systems aren't for me. Um, you, you want to be honest to hear what that is and then figure out if you can retest that assumption because oftentimes it, it's in the approach. It's the way that you did it. There, there is a better way to systemize a business. Um, I mean, I'm biased. <laughs> the better way is systemology, um, but, but that, that's really what I've been working on is solving that problem. So why is this so important for businesses to have great systems? What are the benefits? Mm -mm. There are a lot of benefits, I think, um, and it's in the, the title of the book. One thing is creating systems and processes. There's a cumulative effect that happens when you stack good systems on and you're able to delegate that. It, it creates time for the business owner and, and most business owners are very time poor. Um, so that's one of the benefits from a, you know, perspective of improving the business at, reduces errors that increased, increases the profitability of the business, makes the, the business more efficient, delivers better outcomes for the clients as a result, helps your team know what success looks like and how they can win and succeed in their role. Uh, it, it builds value in the business uh, so that the business potentially might be saleable. And, and because when a potential acquirer looks at a business, one of the first things they think about is if I buy this business, is it going to continue to work beyond the business owner or the key team members walking out of the business? And the only way to do that is to know that there is a way of doing things in a system and a process. So th there's quite a lot of benefits. And then there's all the intangible benefits like, 
what what is the benefit of having more time and then being able to spot an opportunity and then be able to follow it? Because for a lot of business owners, if TEDx reached out to them and said, we want you to, you know, take a month off, prepare for this talk, fly halfway around the world, present, it's not, there's, it's non-commercial. So we're not going to pay you anything. Uh, and you can't make a pitch at the end of the, at the end of the session. A lot of business owners just wouldn't be able to create that space. But by building a business that um, is able to deliver value for your prospects, whether you're there or not, that that ends up being a game changer. Like that changes the lives of business owners. So you talk about these systems and, you know, a handful of systems that we need to put together in our businesses. Can you give me an example of what some of the most common systems are and which tools you use to create those systems? Yeah. Yeah. So the first chapter in systemology, um, I, I talk about a process I call the critical client flow. And what it is, it's about mapping the customer and business journey that you go through to deliver your core product or service. So one of the best things that someone can do to start is to uh, get themselves an A4 bit of paper. In the top left-hand corner, write down your dream client, You know the, the ideal person who pays your advertised prices, refers friends and family, is a pleasure to deal with. You'd love to have hundred more of them um, and, and they are the dream person. So think about who that person is. Then underneath that, write down what is the first product or service that you would sell to that person. So what would be a great gateway into your business, into your world where they could learn about you, build trust, you can get them a win. Think about what that core product or service is. And then after that, what we do is we map the journey. We go, it's just down the page. This all fits on one page. Capture what you're currently doing, not what you would like to be doing. And think about how do I grab the attention of that target audience? How do I handle an incoming inquiry from that person? How do I uh, then qualify them and make sure that they're the right person? And how do I sell them and issue out a proposal? And how do I follow them up? Um, and how do I then take a deposit from them? Maybe it's 50% upfront or 50% on completion or, or both or whatever. Um, how do I onboard that client? How do I deliver the core product or service? And how do I get them to come back? If you map that out on one page, this is just, you know, it's not more than one or two words in the box to explain it because all we're doing is identifying what the process is. This is not about um, saying, what is the process? And I mean, if you're looking into video, I know this is a podcast, but if you can see the video, it's just, it looks like what I'm showing on the screen here, or you can download the template. It's over at systemology.com forward slash academy. Uh, but that template like that, that's where you start. Because if you identify what you're currently doing and how everything from capturing their attention through to delivery and getting them to you know, come back and, and, and purchase other products and services from you. And then you can make that happen without key person dependency. That's, that's the game changer. Um, as you walk through the books, it then talks about how to extract it and to what level of detail. And the, but that really is the first step. Don't worry about, you know, there are hundreds of systems someone could create. It could be how to take out the trash, how to do the wages, how to hire staff, how to onboard them, how to do your PL, how to 
how to run your sales meetings. Like there's, there's literally hundreds and hundreds. So the, the biggest question when everybody thinks about systemizing their business is where to start. And if you start with the critical client flow, and you can even go deeper than that, if you've got certain problem areas in your business where you know, I avoid this, like, hey, I don't do enough lead generation, or I really don't like the sales process, or you know, I'm, I'm rubbish at onboarding new clients, wherever the pain is that you would avoid it as a business owner, start there first, capture what you're doing so that it can be delegated. Just that process alone. And then as far as like tools and things like that, I would just say, keep it as simple as possible. Don't try and over-engineer this. Record it as you're currently doing it. Use Zoom, use Loom, use an iPhone. Just record that thing getting done, no matter how raw it is. Don't try and produce it. Don't write down detailed fancy steps. Just the next time that an inquiry comes in, have your phone handy and record you and say, what do you say to this person? And, and that is version one of the systems and the processes. And then, I mean, you can, where do you store them? You can use Google Drive or, I mean, if you want to level up, you use something like System Hub, um, systemhub.com. You just need a central location where all of this knowledge is stored. So that way your team know where to look. Um, there's a bit more to it, but I mean, that, that definitely starts people on the right path. And when people go through this process, what are the most common mistakes they made or make or the biggest reasons that they might fail in their systemization? Mm. B- biggest thing oftentimes is um, right at the start, they get overwhelmed by thinking about all of the things they could be systemizing and they write down too much as far as here is 30 systems or 50 systems that I want to capture. And they've got this big to-do spreadsheet. That's one common mistake. And another mistake is that they, then they try to optimize the system up front. They sit there and they go, oh, you know, I would love to be doing, you know, when the inquiry comes in, we do a fancy quiz for them and we fully qualify them and we make them jump through six hoops and then they go, we're not doing that at the moment, but we'd like to do that. So let's try and build the system to do that right out of the gate. Whereas that just ends up becoming a friction point to actually getting it done. You're much better off thinking who currently does this, who does it the best on the team. Let's just capture that and then get everybody up to that standard. So that that's a, another common mistake. Um, the other common mistake is, yeah, leaving it to the business owner and or asking team members to do it, but to get them to do the documentation as well. When the truth is your best team members are oftentimes as busy as the business owner. So asking them to document their systems and their processes um, can be like pushing a rock uphill because they're already busy. They don't need another to-do thing. So that, that idea of making it a two-person job, I mean, they're probably some of the most common common mistakes that I see, overcomplicating it, um, trying to optimize it up front and um, yeah, not, not making it a two-person job. You've mentioned a couple of times in this interview about 
having these right people. You you mentioned how you found a right person who was running your SEO agency and and how you sold your business after you lost her because that was such a blow. You you also talked about finding the the person who does a process best in your company mm. and and using them to create the system. How do you find those A players? And how do you how do you recruit them? How do you train them? How do you retain them? This is definitely something that I'm um, appreciating more and more the longer that I'm in business, how important it is to get the right person up front. And the you're much better off to take time going through the recruiting process to find the right person rather than just getting a warm body. Because the difference between someone who's truly great versus an average or below average team member um, is more like... getting the wrong person is more costly than you realize. So um, over time, like you want to develop your recruiting process, a way to attract the right people in. Uh, And and now that, I mean, we, we have a a systemized approach and we systems thinking is part of our culture and part of our values. So thinking about what your values are and then building that into the recruitment process. So in our job ad, and when we start, you know, running ads for positions will link to different systems and processes um, in the job ad that that person will need to be completing. So it's a way for them to see right up front, you know, these are the types of tasks you're going to be doing. And it projects this idea that we're a systems driven business and they see it right up front. And then you want to have this filtering process where you, you get people to do you know, they, they, they might fill out a questionnaire or a, tr- you know, trial task. They do a few things. You have a couple of different interviews and you, you want to create this sequence that enables the star performers to really stand out and shine. So developing your own recruitment system uh, or at least modeling someone else's to start with is, is really the key. There's no real shortcut. Every time that I have just either followed my gut or gone with just a referral on its own, they've always been the team members that it hasn't quite worked out. And then I'm a bit of a softy. I don't, you know, like to just get rid of someone. So sometimes I'll let the wrong person hang around in our organization too long. Uh, And then that ends up affecting the other team members as well. The A players then kind of look to those B players and go, um, you know, well, why am I busting my gut to try and get this done when you know this person over here keeps dropping the ball and i'm kind of holding the end up for them so it's there's a lot of negative effects by getting the wrong people so you want to want to make sure that you put all the work in up front to get the right person what do most business owners never do but should do as part of their systemization process yeah most business owners should really focus on taking themselves out of the picture as early as possible. What ends up happening, and Michael Gerber talked to it about a lot in his book, The E-Myth, this idea of the entrepreneurial myth. And it's, it's that idea that just because I can do the thing, you know, I can deliver the product or the service, uh, that means I, should, I, I can run a business that then delivers that product or service. So it's a, it's a, it's a big issue. And, and I think, yeah, just because you might be able to do the thing 
um, doesn't mean necessarily you can run the business that sells the, the product or service. So it's, it's a different mindset. There are different things that need to be in place. And I actually think at some point, if you really want to be a business owner, I think if you can start a business or even a division in your business where you never get involved in the delivery. Um, like I, I had a big win and what's kickstarted a lot of this for me as part of the digital agency, I had a sister company that we set up, which was a video production business because we had a lot of people in the digital agency that were um, clients and things asking for video work and stuff like that. It's all part of the authority content stuff that we were doing. And we set up that business, but I'm not a videographer. So I can't get on the tools. I can't edit. I, I don't get behind the camera. And it meant from day one, I built that business um, to be profitable and to work and to work without me because I couldn't get on the tools anyway. So that, that was a huge mindset change because I never got on the tools, which meant I could build that business to work without me infinitely quicker. And then we took a lot of those ideas and then brought that into the, the digital agency as well. But I think if a business owner can start a division or part of their business where they aren't involved it will change the way that they think. If they actively seek to not be part of the delivery process, that gets them thinking more at the business owner level. I love it. That's a very important concept. Start right from the beginning, building it so you're not necessary in the day-to-day -day operations. Thank you so much, David, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with David, you can find him on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or check out his book. And there are links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success as you implement successful business systems within your organizations. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.